Hi, friends. It's me, Paul. Before we get into this episode about the Dub C Fish Sticks with Justin Mosier, their general manager, and Jason Klein of Brandios, who designed the logo, I wanted to let you know that as of this episode that you're listening to right now, that the Baseball by Design podcast is part of a larger network called the Curved Brim Media Network, which has incredibly talented content producers, podcasts, websites, videos, and it's growing. There's going to be more folks joining this network with time. Check out my fellow content producers at curvebrimmedia.com. And now, through the magic of podcasting, we transport you to a neighborhood in Seattle, home of the Dub C Fish Sticks. Hi there. Welcome to Baseball by Design. I'm Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. I am very happy today to be joined by Justin Mosier, who is the general manager of the brand new Dub C Fish Sticks. And we're going to get into what all of that means. The Dub C Fish Sticks, formerly the Highline Bears, are a collegiate summer level team in the Pacific International League. They just had a highly publicized, if you're on Twitter, uh, the Fish Sticks had a highly publicized online vote, a really unique process for determining a new team name that pitted the Dub C Fish Sticks versus the Dub C Seal Slingers. We'll talk about both of those things. The new season's coming up, and the winner, as you already know, if you're listening to this podcast, you surely already know that the Fish Sticks came out victorious over the Seal Slingers. Justin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Paul. Excited to be here. We've talked a, a couple times already. Uh, once for when you uh, announced the two finalists for the team name, uh, and then again once that winner was determined. And so we've we've talked a couple times already. This is you know one of my favorite stories in in, in the off season so far. It's been it's been really fun to follow it. Fans have been so engaged. I guarantee you, most of the fans that have been super engaged in this rebranding process of yours did not know who the Highline Bears were. One of the things you and I talked about was how the the name, the Highline Bears came to be and sort of the lessons you learned from having a generic name and, you know, not concentrating on that as part of having a team. And then that leading to this very fun, really engaging new name that you have. So let's let's talk about uh, the most boring part of, of this story first, if you want to, uh, which is the Highline Bears. How did that name come about? Why did you decide you need to change it? You know, when we started, and I've said this before, it's just we had no idea what we were doing. And we were we decided we wanted to join the league. We decided we wanted to bring baseball, a high level of baseball back to our community. There's a beautiful stadium here. It hadn't been used as far as something for spectators, something to bring people to run events in a very long time. And so we knew we wanted to do that. We knew that the Pacific International League was a league that would accept us. And the league was bugging us, hey, we need a team name and we need we need team colors. And so we had gone back and forth and none of us having a background in minor league baseball or branding of any type uh, sat in a room and started brainstorming name ideas. And of course, we went where everybody probably goes if you're not in this business, which is, well, what location identifier should we use? Should we use Seattle? Should we use White Center? Should we use West Seattle? We have all these small little towns and neighborhoods that are uh, right around us and that bump up against our stadium. And so figuring out which one we wanted to use, Highline's used for the local school district. There's a high school for it, uh, the fire department, which uh, one of our founders was the fire chief of is called North Highline. And so we just went to Highline. And then outside of there, we just started figuring out what are we going to use, you know, so we went down the animals, you know, I think barnstormers came up at one point, nice. you know, um, a nickname for white center is rat city. Um, and it actually is has nothing to do with rats. Um, it was based on it was a uh, training area for the army during oh. world war ii and so um the abbreviation for it was rat r-a-t uh -huh. and um i think it was relocation and training center okay. is what it uh, stood for and i think there's one other name that it had as well we decided not to go down that path and then we just ended up on bears 
And, you know, we, we just ran with it. You know, we had a graphic designer who was on the team at the time. He created the logos, uniforms, made everything easy, very professional looking. And we were kind of off to the races. Mm -hmm. Um, But we learned very quick, just because you build it doesn't mean they'll come. And I, I think that's the biggest lie in all of sports, you know, because that's not true. And, you know, we have this large community around us who just didn't know we existed, you know, zero advertising budget, zero marketing budget, no staff, all volunteers, and just trying to figure out how can we get attention and it just never caught on. And so we got to the point where we are today. So the, the voice in Ray Kinsella's head is a liar. It's uh, if you build it, they're not necessarily coming. It, um, it, yeah, I, I just, you know, I continue to go back to that. And it's all about sure. how can we gain people's attention? And, you know, we got a lot of negative pushback from the rebranding, you know, oh, those two names are stupid, both of them. <laughs> uh, you know, now we've got half the people who voted, who are somewhat upset because the seal slingers did not win. <laughs> but um, I think we've gotten more attention and people have noticed us. Sure. Uh, the amount of comments I see locally online of, I had no idea there was a baseball team that played just down the street from me. Yep. It, it's just, it's crazy. We have more people on our ticket priority list than we've ever had before. Yep. And we had so many people that were upset that have probably never been to a game before. I found that pretty well, funny. This is, I mean, this is rule number one, right? Like you want people talking about you at all. I don't necessarily subscribe to to the uh, you know any press is good press, but you certainly would rather uh, you know have people sort of agitated than just ignoring you or completely unaware of you. I do I do want to get back to something that you you've said. And this is something I think we've glossed over a couple of times in our previous conversations, which is you said that you didn't have a background in minor league baseball and you didn't have a background in branding and yet here you are the general manager of a baseball team so how did where what's the what's the the missing link there between no background in baseball to you're the general manager of a baseball team i i've always been very entrepreneurial um, okay. throughout my life you know uh, swap meets selling baseball cards, Pokemon cards when I was a kid, you know, uh, when my grandparents said we need to have a garage sale uh, in our carport and front yard, I was the person who was heading that up. Uh-huh. I was all about it, you know, at the age of eight or nine years old. I was all about sales and um, how we could do different things. Started my first company in high school and then um, always had a love for baseball. And I've always been the person who's wanted to put on events or head up projects and then convincing people who were around me to get involved as well. So of course, when people around me told me stories about baseball teams and the stadium in White Center being packed on Friday and Saturday evenings, it just, it's how I'm wired. Something just sparked inside of me. And then I just hit the ground running. And of course, me being the one that um, was kind of heading the ship meant that I took on most of the responsibilities and therefore became general manager. And I'm sure people around me look at me like I'm crazy and are always wondering what's going to come up with next or what's the next project going to be. Um, and then somehow just my uh, family and friends around me have just always been very supportive. Awesome. I love it. Well, it, you know, it's funny just because you had said that a couple of times and I was just like, well, wait a minute. That's, there's a follow-up question there that needs to be asked. All right. So the Highline Bears, like you say, it was clean. It was professional. looked like it would have been a good logo for, uh, I don't know, like a brand of mineral water or something right like it, <laughs> you know, but you you determined okay we need something that's going to grab people's attention and we need a process that's going to you know really get people talking which this one certainly did you've described the arc that every single minor league baseball team goes through when they rebrand with especially with something a little bit wacky uh, a little bit fun you had people talking about both of these logos the seal slingers and the fish sticks, the seal slingers. Uh, you described this when we talked b- before uh, in a way that I really liked because it's it's a pretty horrifying image, right? Like when you go and you find these orca whales slinging seals around hard enough to stun them so that they can make a meal out of them. And then here you've paired them together as part of a fun, you know, baseball logo. But you described it previously as sort of almost like a like a Tom and Jerry kind of relationship, like a cat and mouse, but they're friends. And I always liked the episodes of Tom and Jerry when they were friends and not the ones when they were getting after each other a little bit. So maybe I don't know, maybe that speaks to why I was voting for the for the fish sticks that that tenuous relationship just made me a little bit nervous. 
did you get pushback on that? Was that something that you heard about? Like, Hey, this gruesome thing that happens in nature might not be the best baseball logo. Definitely. And you know, when the, when the name came up and then uh, my business partner, uh, Stephen Finch, he was, he was big on that name and, you know um, he, he loved that. It was, it was talking about something that was a little tough and gruesome, uh, but not directly. It made you wonder what's a seal slinger. And then you look at the logo and then it's that shock and, and it's, Oh my goodness, they didn't, you know? So we <laughs> talked about that. And then uh, as we sat down with Jason and it's like, okay, how do we tell that story visually mm-hmm. without it being gruesome, without a seal in the mouth of an orca, <laughs> without, you know, um, without the blood or something of that nature. Sure. And then, you know, uh, Stephen's like, well, I kind of visu- visualize it as Tom and Jerry. They're kind of a duo. And so we really definitely played on that. And we continued to push as we went through the process sure. with that more of these two are a duo together. And while the name doesn't say it, when you look at the logo, it definitely it definitely speaks to it. You know, the, the fist of the seal is up. He's winking. He's got a smile on his face. He's definitely ready. And then um, a lot of people commented on he has no idea he's about to be lunch right? Um, in, in the logo. So, <laughs> right. He's yeah, smiling it, it, now. It was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Well, so you referenced Jason. That's Jason Klein of Brandios. Working with a firm like Brandios as a collegiate summer level team in the Pacific International League, that was, I mean, that was a big decision, right? Because that's that's a heavy hitter for a team, like you say, that a lot of people weren't aware even existed. And so making that choice to go with a Brandios to develop not one, but two brands was was a pretty important part of this process, right? I mean, that was a real commitment to saying, okay, we're going to put this team on the map. Yeah, it, it was a decision, you know, we thought about rebranding for quite some time. And what were we going to do, what we were going to come up with. And then we started researching some of these branding companies um, and artists that put together these brands in minor league baseball. And so we talked with quite a few of them uh, at length. And then after I sat down with Jason, it was pretty clear that they, they had the same vision and they had the experience that we were looking for and something for us to be able to stand out because we're very unique. You know, a lot of these summer collegiate teams are in small towns and cities, and they're basically in a place or a footprint that minor league baseball no longer exists. And they're fulfilling that void. Mm-hmm. Uh, us, on the other hand, we have a triple A team that's within 25 minutes of us. We have a, um, I guess now it's advanced a team in Everett, which mm-hmm. is, you know, 40 minutes from us and then 12 minutes from us. T-Mobile Park, the Seattle Mariners, sure. along with a ton of other events that are going on. So we need something that was going to stand out, that was going to be remarkable and be able to get attention within our local community. And I think Brandios had that vision. And then it came down to uh, internally within our business is we had um, a small ownership group and talking to those other owners and saying, hey, this is what it's going to take financially to be able to commit. And I think this is what it's going to take to make this work. Are you interested in doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, people not being able to make that commitment, buying them out. And then we eventually found another partner who was all in and said, the only way I'm going to be involved is if we do this right, we rebrand. And uh, we had them sit down with Brandios as well. And he gave the stamp of approval. And then we were off to the races with Jason and Brandios. So you're... Uh... Well, first of all, I think that that's, I mean, it's a really smart decision, especially, you know, at, at that level, when you say, when you, when you commit to, we're going to be a national brand, even as the fourth largest baseball team in our own city, right. Or our own greater metropolitan area. Anyway, obviously it's paying dividends right now. They came up with these two brands. You had the, you had the vote and there's a little bit of a sort of political junkie in me, right? I'm always on like 538.com during election season, like studying the political map and everything. And you guys did something that I think is absolutely hilarious, which is you put together a map that shows the the 5,000 people who voted, you divvied them up by state. And I've been studying this map that you put out because I, I, I was trying to align it with sort of the traditional politics and there it doesn't it doesn't align, right? Like Texas and California both went the same way. The the entire West Coast went fish sticks. 
whereas much of the Northeast appears to have gone seal slingers. The entire Southeast is all fish sticks. And it's hilarious to me, right? Like there are almost sort of equal uh, equal coverage for each team across the country. Uh, so I guess I'll just ask you, have you analyzed this map? Is there any, can you find any trends in who voted for what and where that, that, that inform, you know, how the vote went the way it went? Gosh, you know, we even toyed with the idea of this week coming out with a map and breaking down the election. So like they do on election <laughs> night where they zoom into certain counties, doing that almost state by state and showing people. Um, I just, the, the manpower that would take for us to be able to do yeah. it I think is a little too much. But no, the, the trends, I, was, I kept looking for trends based on areas. And a lot of the states were just very close, exactly how the national vote went, mm -hmm. which was, it was a percent or two, you know, yeah. and I think we came out with another map uh, just a few days later and it was like, oh, things have flipped. And it was just, hey, some more people from that state voted and now things have turned. And then up until the week of the election, a week out before voting closed, it was, uh, I mean, Seal Slingers was up by like 7%. Yeah. So it was just, uh, it was very interesting. I wish there were trends, but there weren't. It was just, uh, it was all over the place. It was very close, almost everywhere. Okay. And um, it, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. It did seem just me doing a non-scientific poll. Um, a lot of players liked seal slingers. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of college age kids liked the idea of that. Um, whether it be the, the toughness of the name or the way it sounds. I personally think Seal Slingers just rolls off the tongue a little bit better. I love the logo. It's very Pacific Northwest, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which I think a lot of people here locally liked, um, not just because it's marine life, but because the the Navy. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. most of most of my clothes are Navy up here. Uh -huh. You know, all the sports teams tend to be uh, Navy, teal, and then they throw in uh, another light blue sometimes. Yeah. So I think that fit in really well. But I think at the end of the day, it was just uh, people really, really got energetic the last few days on voting. <laughs> and whoever got the most votes in in the last couple of days is who won. Well, so the state of Washington went with fish sticks. And you say you, you that you might have this county by county data i'm not going to ask you to break it down nationwide but how did the local population vote local leaned around where we're at our stadium leaned fish sticks okay. um, that i could tell and then um, as far as we also took votes via pre-orders on merchandise mm -hmm. uh, for items and so nationally seal slingers won by far and typically it was you know i think new era hat collectors definitely yeah. lean towards seal slingers. Our number one product was the new era 5950 uh, alternate seal slinger hat that yeah. sold the most by far, but locally fish stick t-shirts, hats, everything sold more here locally. But if we went down further South to County South of us, things leaned much bigger uh, as far as seal slingers is concerned. Okay. I don't know. That level of analysis, I think, is pretty amazing here on this. <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. Well, so let's let's finally now, let's talk about this Fish Sticks brand. We've talked about the Bears. We've talked about the runner-up Seal Slingers. But the Fish Sticks brand itself features an anthropomorphized fish stick with a backwards cap and a brandios grimace on it, the signature brandios grimace, swinging a, a French fry that has taken the place of a baseball bat. I, one of the things I have said a number of times is I really like the fish sticks for a collegiate summer level team, because that feels like the, the, the natural diet of the collegiate summer level baseball player is the frozen food section of the grocery store. So this seems like sort of spot on uh, from that perspective, but part of the reason there's sort of a seafood theme is because of your proximity to Puget sound uh, I know that there are more logos coming. So there's this story that, you know, Brandios likes to have a sort of narrative. They like to have a story in their, in their suite of logos. And, and I'll certainly talk with, with Jason about that. But can you tell me the story that's being told of frozen food that I can get in the grocery store here in Colorado representing Puget Sound and, and the seafood rich area of, uh, of, of Washington State? Yeah, I think everything, you know, that we talked about with Jason and Brandios was, you know, 
it's a bit of a joke, right? Um, I mean, one, there's a fish stick character taking itself very seriously. It's like, dude, you're, you're a kid's food, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're near junk food. If you aren't considered junk food, right. You are right on that edge, you know, junk food, uh, I think is right there, you know, yeah. and it may be in that category. And, you know, I think it would have been very easy for us to go with something, um, in wildlife that is common here, something that is, you know, salmon, the salmon industry is huge here. Uh, fishing is huge. And so the play on that and taking it a step further, I think that's something that they always challenged us to do. Well, how could we take this a little bit further? And there were a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And I know when Jason came up and we were driving around at one point, there's a marketing guy that I follow named Seth Godin. And Seth Godin always talks about uh, he calls it the lizard brain and the lizard brain goes off and it basically tells you when you're hungry, it's that flight or fight, um, instinct that you have. Mm -hmm. And the way Seth describes it is that, you know, it goes off in our day-to-day work as entrepreneurs all the time. And it scares us from doing the things that we could really have an impact on if we were to do them. So I was having this conversation with Jason. I was like, you know, if I feel uncomfortable about something, I'm going to try to lean into it a little bit more. And so as we get to fish sticks, it's like, nah, I like the idea of salmon. And it's like, ah, yeah, but <laughs> if we came out and we were the steelheads tomorrow, mm-hmm. or, you know, we were the coho, that, eh, that doesn't really do it, right? Mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That doesn't right. gain attention. That's not fun. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but we're the fish sticks. And it's like, well, why would you be the fish sticks? We get fresh. I get the freshest (laughs) seafood in the world here. I'm real weird when I travel and I'm kind of in the Midwest and things, I won't have seafood because Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, ah, this, this took a few days to get here for me personally. Right. Cause I'm, (laughs) I'm spoiled having this, this fresh fish fish from Alaska and uh, Puget sound and the Pacific ocean. So I think it was a play on that. And then we getting into more details, it was things. And even in the seal slinger logo, should it be so much about baseball, right? We're about fun. So it's like at first, a lot of us pushed back on the French fry. I personally love the French fry bat. I was like, no, no, no. French fries and fish sticks, that makes sense. It needs to look a little bit like a, a baseball bat, but I don't want it to be full baseball. And sure. same thing with the uh, Seal Slingers logo. You know, one version had a bat in the hand, one version, you know, it was a glove in the seals. Uh, on one of the seals hands like it was uh, very much too baseball for me and so we had a lot of tough conversations and how do we get into something that's fun that says hey we are a baseball team but also says hey when you come to one of our games you're not just here to watch baseball you're here to have a blast well and that's you know that's what minor league baseball is anymore right like minor league baseball and that's i think that's a positive thing it's it's the entertainment industry and the actual baseball itself, in a lot of ways, is sort of ancillary to, uh, you know, to the the larger experience. And part of that larger experience is the brand. You know, one of the things I've experienced, without naming names, is this phenomenon of a team having a really refined brand, like a really good logo and really good merchandise. And you see it online. You see it people walking around in it or whatever. And then you get to the ballpark and it's actually not that great, right? Like it's not that great an experience. And it's just like, how could this awesome brand be associated with this subpar experience? And so I think part of rebranding with this fun identity, this brandiose, highly refined, very professional, if fun, I mean, professionally designed, but still sort of fun and cartoony, and then, you know, having a sort of subpar fan experience, you know, who, who needs that? Nobody needs that. We really pride ourselves on our experience, right? And we, the, the types of things we did when we were the Highline Bears were things that were crazy and fun, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have um, a lot of league rules that prohibit us from doing different things. And, you know, being a summer collegiate team, we're unaffiliated. And I know Jesse Cole down in Savannah talks about that a lot. And uh, that's something we're really excited about. And the fish sticks winning uh, is going to make that a lot of fun for us, right? The amount of play on words, the amount of different things that we can do as far as far as in between promotions are concerned. You know, it's funny when I have conversations with people in this industry at the summer collegiate and the minor league baseball level, I try to just soak up as much knowledge as possible. What, What I always run into is 
they worry frequently about, hey, we're in the entertainment business, we're in the entertainment business, and they speak it. Uh-huh. But then you get to their ballpark and it's like, eh, yeah, we've got four or five promotions we run every single night. Right. Or we rotate, we do these on Fridays, we do these on Saturdays. Right. Or it's just, oh, our team has to win. That's how we're going to get people in the ballpark. And it's like, well, you can't control if your team wins. Right. I mean, you know, if you, for us as a summer collegiate team, we'll have our roster set here in the next couple of months. And then we'll lose 10 guys before we even play an inning. Sure. Right. You'll get guys who are shut down by their college coaches because they threw too many innings. You'll have injuries. Somebody will end up getting a uh, internship somewhere and then someone will decide they're done playing baseball. And so our roster is going to change completely. So we could have recruited the best roster we've ever had. And then come May, middle of May, two weeks before we start our entire roster half of it's changed. So you can't control what happens in the baseball game. You can't control how good your competitors are. And so if that's what you're relying on to entertain your fans that come out to the ballpark and that's it, that's a big gamble. And the fact is, is that for us, if we're competing at the baseball level, if you're a huge baseball fan and you're just diehard and you want to see the best baseball, you can drive to Seattle or stay at home and watch it on TV mm-hmm. and watch the Mariners play baseball. But for mm-hmm. us, it's about having a good time. It's about getting kids to fall in love with the game of baseball through a lot of fun and interacting with players on a level that they can't anywhere else in the country. Well, and, and you've touched on something that's really interesting about, about recruiting your team about, you know, I mean, you're, you're responsible for putting together a roster on the very first episode of this podcast, Chris Creamer said that he uh, has asked, baseball players, uh, major leaguers, if, you know, all things being equal, would they ever use the coolness of a logo as a tiebreaker in deciding, you know, where to sign as a free agent? And he said, they said no, but it does raise the point at the collegiate summer level that might have a much bigger influence. And are you finding, you know, in the, in the early stages now of being the dub C fish sticks, are you finding that you're getting more attention from potential players? We definitely have. I think the attention just, um, you know, college coaches are so busy. So getting their attention when they're seeing us over and over again on Twitter and Facebook, that just pops in their head. Oh, I got to talk to these guys. I I owe them a call. So I think that's been very helpful. What I think is interesting is unless you play in, you know, one of the top 20 baseball programs in the country at the division one level, you typically don't play in front of a lot of fans on the weekend. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to pack the stadium. So players that want to have a great experience in the summer and would you rather play in front of 10 fans or would you rather play in front of 1500 every night of the week? I mean, you have that choice with us. So that's definitely something that I think is going to attract players in the future. The stadium is going to be called the Friar. And we talked about the the different promotions that you could have in game and the different things you could be doing. What are, what are the fish based between inning activities or promotions that you guys have in store? one thing we're throwing out the first fish every single game. So, you know, uh, a kind of a, um, a copycat of Pike place market, throwing the fish from the mound. And then the uh, person who throws it out instead of taking home a baseball, they're going to take home their fish wrapped in butcher paper signed by the player. Uh, so that that'll be excellent. And then I know a lot of times on the jumbotron here in Seattle, they'll do the hydroplane races Well, we're going to do on the opposite side of our outfield fence, we're going to do ferry races because there's a ton of ferries here. And there's actually one in West Seattle that runs to one of the islands across Puget Sound. So we'll do ferry races, which will be pretty fun. Uh, All you can eat fish sticks. Um, or a fish stick eating competition is, is going to have to be something that we do. Uh, I think something else we've talked about is um, figuring out how people can try to uh, throw a fishing rod, a fishing line and cast their, uh, their fishing line to try to catch as many fish as possible. Um, Throwing plush fish while uh, their partner's trying to catch them. And so the person throwing them will be blindfolded while the other person's trying to catch them with a net. Uh, and people on the other sides. I, I just, I think the ideas and the amount of fun we can have is, is endless. Uh, I really like the idea of giving away a thousand fish sticks to one person um, and just see what they're going to do with them. I like that idea too. <laughs> I would eat fish. I would just eat the fish sticks. I would just, you know, fish sticks every other night. I, I have the capacity <laughs> to do that sort of thing. One of the elements of the logo that I really enjoy is the homage to Ken Griffey Jr., which once you see it, you, you can't unsee it with the, first of all, the, the swing itself, 
the backwards cap. Uh, just something about it has a sort of Ken Griffey Jr. feeling about it. So can you talk about that that aspect of, of the logo, the, the tribute to Ken Griffey Jr.? You know, we had a lot of, obviously a lot of different drawn versions of the character at the beginning and different actions that he may be doing. And this is one that they had at first that came out. And then, um, you know, they had the hat forward. We said, why don't you put the hat backwards? You know, why don't we change this up a little bit? And it just ended up, you know, um, the nod to, you know, the best swing to ever come out of Seattle. And it, it just worked perfectly. And I think a lot of people locally have noticed that and really like that idea. And they've heard that's what we were looking at. And some people we don't even tell, you know, they'll send us a picture of Griffey swing after he's done swinging. And it's, it's great. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Well, Justin, knowing how much you guys love an online poll, I have to tell you that I posted while we were talking about whether fish sticks are junk food or not. I did post a quick 15 minute poll. There's two minutes left. And right now we have 41 votes in, uh, which is, uh, you know, I think, a, I think a representative sample size of our mutual friends all on Twitter here. But right now, 53.7% say yes, it's junk food. 46.3% say no. And then we have Ed from the Dad Hat Chronicles chiming in with some fancy looking fish sticks. Bradley from Canada talking about chicken nuggets would have to be junk food then. Uh, but the most notable response here is from the Inland Empire 66ers who were team seal slinger. Uh, I was team stop the seal. I was fish sticks all the way. But the, the Inland Empire 66ers who have been very active on Twitter recently, they said, and I'm quoting now, just junk, period, not food, period, hashtag still bitter. It seems like you've made a rival here in the Inland Empire 66ers. We have. Uh, if, if, I was a, if I was a single A team, I would definitely set up a way where we could go down and play them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've been great on Twitter. They've been back and forth. At one point when we told them we wouldn't talk about what the voting totals were the last few days of the vote to just to try to make it fair and see who was really um, hungry, no pun intended, to get the final votes in there and they were calling for a recount they were they were <laughs> saying there was no transparency in our election and it we've had a lot of fun with them on twitter so um yeah it, it's been great i'm glad to see they're still interacting on there well you know that if seal slingers had been ahead they would have been on uh team stop the count here so it's uh you know <laughs> the, the 66ers out here playing playing uh playing politics the 66ers announced on Twitter today, they said, stay tuned or coming soon. And they had a picture of an ice cream helmet. Speaking of, of ice cream helmets, I know that on, on Bobby Coon's podcast, Pulling Tarp, you indicated, and I think it was because I actually asked the question. It was a question I put in there from the, his, his ask a question feature. I asked, are there going to be helmet Sundays? You said, yes, there's going to be helmet Sundays, but that you know, I, I needed to come there and, and claim it myself. Definitely. Yeah. We're definitely having helmet Sundays. Um, and I think we're going to even look at the idea of doing giant helmet Sundays nice. uh, as well. So we'll have nice. the small ones, obviously that we'll do our ice cream. There's a local ice cream shop. That's been very supportive since day one, full tilt ice cream. And we're actually working with going to try to work with them and see if we can come up with a unique flavor that they might uh, sell as a special promotion in pints. And then, uh, yeah, definitely doing the baseball helmets. I think that's, that's a must. And I mean, uh, the amount of helmets that you have in your collection, if we don't have our team in your collection, then that's an issue. They have to be there. They have to be there. So, well, so I have to ask this question and, you know, this might be a little forward, but by this point in your interview with Ed Rivera on the dad hat Chronicles, you had already offered Ed the opportunity to help design a dad hat. And I'm sitting here waiting for my invitation to help design a helmet <laughs> Sunday. I'm not sure where that is yet, but uh, I'm just sitting here waiting, Justin. So I, I really do need some feedback on the helmet Sunday. And here's mm -hmm. why um, is, and I'm glad, I'm glad you were so forward with it, <laughs> which is I haven't seen very many that are really cool designs. Mm -hmm. I've seen very generic, you know, helmet, one color, and then full color logo on the front. Mm -hmm. I personally want to do something cool. Why aren't we doing something cool? 
So that's, that's what I, do you have any that are really cool that stand out? Well, I can, I can tell you the, the coolness of the designs. First of all, the, you know, the, the ones that stand out to me are like where they do a different colored uh, brim from the rest of the mm -hmm. cap, but yep. there's some, there's some new styles out there where they look like almost like a new era cap, right? Like they look like a flat brim cap and they've got like highly detailed, it's not just the sort of smooth plastic, but it, it feels and looks more like a flat brim cap. So wow. I haven't really seen any that are anything other than just here's the logo on the front of the helmet and then maybe like a sponsor logo on the back or something like that. Yeah. But I can, I will, I will send you some pictures of the different styles of helmets that are available out there. Cause there are some that are a little non-traditional. All right. Well, since you, since you called me out on it, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm officially offering, um, since you're already offering to send us, uh, some different designs and show us what you can help us design our ice cream helmet. You'll be the official designer, um, for the ice cream helmet in the ballpark. <laughs> and there's not something, um, that I can talk about quite yet, but I'll just say, you're not only going to design one ice cream helmet, but there'll be another one that I need your help designing as well. This is, this is huge news. I am, I am so excited for this opportunity. I'm going to edit out the part where I asked you uh, to make this offer. And then I'm just going to make it seem like you just made this offer out of the blue. So I don't mind you. I don't mind you asking at all. You know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. Exactly. Uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Exactly. Um, hey, I have huge breaking news for you here, Justin, too. The, the votes are in. 50 okay. votes were cast. 50% yes, 50% no. The jury yeah. is still out on whether <laughs> fish sticks are junk food. We know as much this, now as we did 15 minutes ago. This is crazy. You know what's <laughs> funny is just going through this whole voting process, it's just always been 50-50 pretty much or just barely ahead, so... That is uh, yeah, I don't, I, the polls are not helping us right now with our <laughs> names and our different questions we have for people. <laughs> Too funny. Awesome. Well, Justin, this has been a, a lot of fun. I'm so looking forward to the season. I have a, uh, a, a trip planned in my head that involves getting to some games out in the Pacific Northwest and the fish sticks are very much on the list. It's going to involve uh, some interesting ones. It's going to be some the you know Portland pickles. Uh, I definitely need to get out to Eric Mertens and his Tri Cities Dust Devils, and uh, I want to make it up to see a Vancouver Canadians game, assuming that the border is open. So I have yeah. a whole Pacific Northwest thing planned here right now. So I'm gonna that's great. Come visit you guys. Load up on fish sticks gear. <laughs> load up on all the different permutations of helmet Sundays. And definitely have you back on the podcast when I'm out there live again to see how the, how the new brand is going. That sounds great. And if you're coming up here, and I'm sure you've already looked at a bunch of the West Coast League teams, um, especially since you mentioned the pickles, uh, you should definitely make it up to Bellingham if you can. Stephanie and the Bellingham Bells do a great job up there. Uh, Port Angeles is a good one. Matt Acker in uh, his group. That's a real unique ballpark. It's just you know, the mountains are a backdrop there on a nice night, which is great. And if you're in Port Angeles, you should just take the walkover ferry and go see the Victoria Harbor Cats. Um, they're like number one or two in attendance for the West Coast League every year. Them and the Pickles go back and forth. So those, if you're coming up here, I would definitely highly recommend them uh, right after you see us. Of course, of course, of course, because they haven't asked me to design their helmet Sundays yet. So Exactly. <laughs> Justin, thanks for joining me. Congratulations on, on all the success you guys are having. And I'm glad we found each other online. And, you know, I think this is you guys got great things ahead. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. And congrats on the podcast. I'm looking forward to listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Bye. You can find the Dub C Fish Sticks on Twitter at GoFishSticks and on Instagram at GoFishSticksBaseball and online at GoFishSticks.com. I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show once again, my friend, Jason Klein of yeah. Brandios. Jason, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, I, lo I love this. I love It's so much fun telling these behind the scenes stories. This story in particular was so much fun this offseason. I, I have been saying for a while, I think that this story stole the offseason 
the rebrand <laughs> of the Highline Bears, which yeah. you know Justin Mosier will tell you is as boring a name as you can possibly have, the Highline Bears. Right. To, to to bounce back from that and to come back with this, and and Justin is very clear to credit Brandios uh, with the idea to have two competing nicknames that battled it out for for internet supremacy in what turned out to be a very <laughs> close vote. So I I have to ask you, did you actually cast a vote? You know what? I did not cast a vote. Uh, I didn't cast a vote on purpose. I I wanted to be impartial. I know one vote doesn't matter, but I was like, I just don't, you know. We try to be really agnostic um, through all of this, and so I, I really, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to let the fans weigh in. Well, you say one vote doesn't matter, but in this instance, one vote mattered. It did quite a bit. Yeah, it right. Was, yeah, uh, you know, I think it, it ended up being like I think Justin said like forty votes. That was the, the <laughs> forty or forty six yeah. votes. It did. It was kind of close. So, so well, let me ask you about the. Uh, I was I was team fish sticks. Uh, right. I've been very public about that. I was team fish sticks. I did. I, you know, I liked both brands very much. Let's we'll talk about the seal slingers first. Yeah. You know, since that that's the one that they are. You know, they're still. You know, you still see the the team out there promoting the seal slingers. They had a hat day special, national hat day special for them. And I know they're yeah. going to be doing stuff with the seal slingers at the ballpark. But they sort of put forth this idea of this this killer whale and this seal forming this unlikely Tom and Jerry style partnership that turned out to be fairly funny. And really, you know, a lot of people really embraced that and thought that that was a fun one, in part because of sort of, I think, the edginess of this tenuous relationship between those two animals. What was (laughs) what was your thinking behind those those two things? So, uh, yeah, well, when we started this project, you know. In the past, you would have uh, a name the team contest, and then there was always the sort of second through fifth place or sixth place um, teams that just didn't make the cut. And when we were working with Bowling Green um, and Brad Taylor, who's now at the Chihuahuas, he invented the very first what could have been night, mm-hmm. um, which became the uh, the uh, uh, the Bowling Green blind cave shrimp, and which is a great one. Yeah, it was the original. And there's a history of, you know, coming back and having a what could have been night where one game or a couple of games during the season, um, the second place team name comes to life in a what could have been uh, night. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we thought about like, what if we reverse engineered it and we did the what could have been night first and we did the, the full design and let the fans vote on which identity that they wanted to pick. Um, because what could have been night identities are in the inventory. They're part of the intellectual property of these teams going forward f- forever. Like what if we just reverse engineered it? And we love doing things that have never been done before. We invented the first glow in the dark on-field cap for the Casper Ghost, the first on-field rally cap for the Altoona Curve. So we were like, what if we did the first um, sort of, you know, uh, reverse what could have been night? And so we were, we were narrowing it down between two uh, brands. We knew we were focused uh, in Seattle and we had to, we had to make a big ruckus because you have so many pro sports teams. And uh, one of the things we're, we're always thinking about is um, so many minor league baseball teams, especially if you're in, the, in a triple a level or even like in a major league market is you see yourself competing with these major league teams and you will always pay, play you know, third, not even third, like fourth, fifth, seventh fiddle to a major league team. And the best thing that you can do for success is not try to make your brand sound like it is competing with the Sounders or the Mariners or the Seahawks. Like, you know, you don't want to be a parody of these major league. You just, you're, you're, it's a game you can't win. Right. They have million dollar budgets. And so you have to go to the opposite and say, we're going to do something completely different. So going into this, we were thinking, okay, you know, how do we, you know, like what is a classic sort of um, uh, name that can't be ignored? And we knew we were going to settle on two different names. The fish sticks uh, was one of them. And then they came and they were like, let's do like seal slingers because you see these, you know, whether it's like wild America or, you know, you just see it off the sound where they, these killer whales are tossing these, these, uh, these seals or seals. They're pretty horrifying those videos. It, it, is, it, is, it is circle <laughs> of life stuff going on. So we were thinking to ourselves, okay. Um, and we sat down, Casey and I had a debate about like, okay, what is the relationship between the, 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 uh, the seal and the killer whale? And also, um, 
how do we surprise the audience on what they are thinking? Because as you alluded to, it is a violent, vicious, uh, you know, act. What, what would flip the script? You know, is the seal become the hero and, you know, the, the killer whale becomes the, you know, the sort of the villain is the, is the hero, the killer whale and the seal is the villain. Like, what is this relationship and how do we do it in a way that feels family friendly without too much circle of life stuff going on? So, uh, so Casey was like, well, what if they're buddies? Like, what if they're working together on a team? And um, because you hear this name and you go seal slingers and you're like, what does that allude to? Like, oh, you know, like <laughs> killer whales toss a, 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 you know, a seal. But like, what if they were working together? And what if they were, uh, yeah, this, this sort of dynamic duo where the seal is helping the killer whale rather than uh, being the prey. And that became the, um, the sort of vision for the brand. Yeah, well, you know, it obviously had a lot of support out there. You know, Justin Mosier, he said that it was the, the Twitter crowd was very into the seal slingers and yes. the Facebook crowd was very into the fish sticks. So I yes. guess that yes. speaks to my sensibilities, I guess, although I haven't been on Facebook in, in years. So I don't want to derail the conversation. But you mentioned the Casper ghosts. Yeah. And I have a little side campaign going. It, one of my agenda items, you know, on social media in minor league baseball is to get the Grand Junction Rockies to A, just rebrand at all because uh -huh. they're not even in the Rockies. But also, how about reprising that old ghosts logo, right? The Grand Junction it. Ghosts. They own it's, it. I, it's I got alliteration it. yeah. and it's got this classic logo. And I feel like the Casper ghosts have been getting a lot of attention recently on social media as a sort of great classic logo. So yeah. anyway, that's, well, I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to derail anything here, but that was a, a sort of a classic in my mind. No. And you make a great point, which is that um, one of the things that we find is that when you rebrand so many teams want to shed their old identities, like unwanted skin. Right. And uh, you know, like there's questions like, what do we do with the mascot when we rebrand? Right. Uh, our whole thing is that, there's a heritage to your franchise. And some of these brands like La you know, Rochester Red Wings, like they go back a hundred years, sure. uh, some of their, sure. their history. So I, my philosophy is whether it is, um, you know, the Lakers coming from Minnesota or whatever, like you own that heritage. Uh, you should not only have and retail your current identity, what you've, your sort of present day identity, but you should have your own Cooperstown collection yeah in your team store right. of all the teams from the 70s, the 60s, if you go back to the 1800s, throw that in there because right. you never know that emotional connection that somebody might have with that like 70s team. And sure. it's like, oh man, I remember my grandfather took me my first game in, like at that, I want that cap. It's like, well, you're in luck. We have it for sale in our Cooperstown collection. Yeah, T minor league teams in particular. I mean, it would, be, it would be so smart of them to do that. So yes. One team that I think doesn't need to worry about that, though, is the Dub C Fish Sticks, because I don't <laughs> think anyone's pining for Highline Bears gear uh, just yet. Yes. So. But let's talk about the Fish Sticks now. The, 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 the winner of the online fan vote by a very narrow margin, your Fish Stick character who vaguely em emulates Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing with the backwards cap. And where, where did the idea for a team being right on the edge of Puget Sound, being named for processed seafood come from? I mean, it is like sort of the seafood capital of uh, the Northwest. And we, you know, we just wanted something that was sort of just, just you just know it, right? It's just wacky. It's out there. It's, it, it rhymes with the trash pandas and the jumbo shrimp and the iron pigs and the flying squirrels, just names that are so uh, cannot be ignored. And I think that was the problem, as you alluded to, with the Highline Bears. It is tastefully dull. It is a name that uh, you drag into your mental hard drive and go, ah, yeah, bear. I know what a bear is. I don't need to see the logo. Because no matter how cool the bear logo is, like you never have a chance to sort of run and chase after that fan and be like, wait, I know we named them the, you know, the bears or the... <laughs> the lions or the you know any of the teeth and nails you know sort of mascots but wait till you see the logo the logo is amazing they're already gone <laughs> yeah I, they already did it's like yeah i yeah I, I know what it is i don't need to see it anymore so my whole thing is like you know creating a brand that that can't be ignored and the fish sticks was that and so that was the the, the way it came about 
Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a really fun logo and you know, this, uh, like I said, it's, they've been, they've made such a hit on social media right now. And that's been such a huge deal for a collegiate summer level team that plays in not even one of, you know, with all due respect to their league, it's not one of the premier collegiate summer level baseball leagues, right? Like it's, you know, there's, there's tiers of those. So this, this notion of a collegiate summer level team, and there's a handful of them out there that have really made a big splash, uh, you know, with national sort of marketing campaigns, but for a team like this to come to Brandios and say, okay, we want to make a splash now, you know, that's, that's obviously a, a new relatively speaking, a new way of thinking for uh, a team that really would in the past just have had sort of a, a, a local level of appeal. Yeah. And we've done a lot of, you know, coll- collegiate wood bat league teams before, uh, definitely in the North woods league. But yeah. uh, so I don't want to say that like, we've never done this before, but the challenge was really exciting. Cause I love, I love underdog brands. I love this idea that we were in the Seattle market and we were like, okay, we have, we're competing in a major metropolis um, and we have to cut through all that major league noise. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, when I got the phone call and Justin was like, Hey, would you like to collaborate? I'm like, absolutely. Let's do, let's do this. Yeah. Those colors are, uh, you know, I really love the colors the, the sort of lighter blue, the darker yeah. blue and, and the yellows, not necessarily something that you would immediately look at and go, Oh, Pacific Northwest. Right. right. So it's, I like that you sort of turned that on its head a little bit. Well, can you talk about how you guys came up with those colors? Yeah, absolutely. So when we were thinking about colors, we wanted to make sure that we were doing something that was completely opposite of anything that you would see in the city. Because one of the things that we believe is you never want a big league team or a university or college to be able to wear that team's gear into your ballpark and be mistaken for your team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like Red Sox, right? If you're in Boston, like, you know, the idea of doing, or, you know, on the outskirts of Boston, like you wouldn't want to wear Navy and red because you would never want someone to think, Oh, that might be a Red Sox. Like you want to own the color. So we immediately were like, okay, lime green, teal, uh, dark Navy, all these colors, uh, you know, green, the sounders, all these colors, we just completely took off the table. The other thing is that when you're picking colors, it's often a game of musical chairs, in the sense that you, um, for the chihuahuas, for example, there are brown chihuahuas, there are gray chihuahuas, but tan is sort of a a classic stereotype for chihuahua. And when you want a quick read and go real instantly that you know that's chihuahua, you go with the color that is most uh, readily uh, identifiable or or the quick read. So in this case, we knew, okay, we're gonna have sort of like golden colors, golden brown, maybe Texas orange, you know, the sort of Chris. So we knew golds and, and sort of Texas oranges was going to be the default just so it was a quick read. And then, um, you know, you know, sort of sort of complement those colors. We went into the blue areas. We knew we didn't want to do Navy um, because you have, you know, so many teams in the areas Navy. So we went more Royal. We brought powder blue in there. Um, and that, yeah, it's kind of how the gold and the Texas orange or the, it's not the neck, neck Texas orange, but like sort of the, the old gold, the uh, sort of A's gold, and then you have Royal and powder blue. And it's just, yeah, it's so fun. It's awesome. So one thing that we talked about when I, when I wrote the article for sportslogos.net, when this brand was unveiled, yeah, we talked about the, the design challenge of making a fish stick look crunchy and the sort of <laughs> right, right. the nuances that you had yeah. to deal with there. Can you talk about that? How did you, how did you make, how did, how did you use a a logo to evoke crunchiness of a fish stick. So there's two things we were thinking about specific to this, which is what is the shape of a fish stick? Is it square? Is it, you know, rounded like a sort of more pill shape? Is it somewhere in between? So there was the, the, the question was, was like, well, what is it? You know, does it, cause if it's too pill shape, it starts to look mozzarella stick, um, you know, these, these, these are the questions we're asking ourselves was like, what is that perfect, um, stereotypical shape that someone's going to go, that's a fish stick. Um, so that was the first was like the, the roundedness of the edges. And then it was, how do you look at, look, make it look crunchy? Because if it's too smooth on the edges, it does give it like a pill shape or like, it, it just doesn't, you know, is it like a, uh, you know, like one of those, like, um, 
elementary school French toast sticks that you know you don't want it to look like. So um, so we did roughen the edges. That was one of the things. And then we also used the shading was a huge key to give it that crunchiness where it's it's golden on the edges and you see it transitions and you know it's fried. So the, the level of crunch was a thing we knew, okay, we're gonna bring in the crunch. And then when we were thinking about embroidery because it has to embroider well, we're thinking about how the thread's gonna get laid down on the hat in a way that it feels like it is crunchy. I love that we're having this conversation. Like I honestly love it so much just to be able to sit here with a professional sports logo designer and talk about how did we make the fish stick look just the right of crunch i just love <laughs> because, it so much paul because you also you know we we had a version where it was too crunchy and it felt authentic and we knew that it was going to read as a, as a fish stick but we knew also that it wouldn't embroider well and we spent you know we've spent time up in buffalo at new era about you know spending time with their digitizers and their production managers and understanding like what is the limit where, where the embroidery can look muddy. That's what we call it. It's like the embroidery is going to look muddy if you do it wrong. And where is that edge where you can push it to that level where you're going to get it just right? And we knew when we first got the crunchy version, it was too detailed. It wasn't going to embroider well. It was going to look muddy. And so we had to back off the sort of the edge edges and the crunchiness to, to make it look good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. One more question on the fish sticks and then I'll let you get out of here. I appreciate that you, you stopped by to talk about these logos that you guys worked on for the podcast. I really do enjoy that. I know that there was a change in the type on the fish sticks logo between when they did the, uh, yeah, the online yeah. vote and then when they unveiled the official, you know, full suite of logos. Can you talk about why that change happened? Yeah, you know, we had this idea of like, what if the jersey lettering looked like it was made of fish sticks? And so that's still part of the brand. But we, you know, when we saw it embroidered on um, uh, materials and, you know, we thought, you know, when we go to the jersey lettering, we should probably, we should, mod we should, we should freshen it up. And I think one of the things is that we felt, this is the biggest issue. The biggest issue was that it felt repetitive. So you have this fish stick character and then you have the lettering made of fish sticks. And it just felt, I don't know, like personally, I felt like it was like, maybe, maybe the issue is it's, it feels rubber stampy. And so we thought, okay, how do we tell the story from a new angle or a fresh angle? And we thought, what if we had it look like it was a seafood frozen fish, you know, package that you would get from the grocery store? what you know like sort of like gordon's or like you know some of those brands like what would it how would it feel like if we had our own brand and it would feel more aquatic and more packaged seafood you know from the frozen food section so that i think that that, that was i think we just thought it was an opportunity just to go more in that direction and we were thinking all right how do we make it look 50 percent frozen food packaged seafood how do we make it feel like 50% major league baseball lettering because we wanted to feel like it was baseball lettering. Um, so yeah, we just, I think, I think we were like, let's, we knew we were going to have a word mark that was made of fish sticks. And then when we started moving into the, the uniforms, we started thinking, let's tell the story from a different angle. Maybe Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk about the fish sticks. I can't wait yeah. to have you on again. The next time I talk about a Brandios logo and everyone can find Brandios at Brandios on all the socials. Brandios.com is the website. Am yeah, socialize anything? with us. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. My pleasure. All right, everyone. Very pleased to welcome back my good friend, Ed Rivera. You know him from the Dad Hat Chronicles. Hopefully you've been joining us on Wednesday evenings for our Twitter space live conversations about minor league baseball. Ed is also the designer of a forthcoming dad hat from our fish sticks that we're talking about today. Oh yeah. And I'm so fired up to see this dad hat that you designed. Now this is, this is a uh, top secret news as we record this here. But when Justin and I were talking, I, I brought up the fact that you're going to be designing this hat. And I was waiting for my invitation to design their helmet Sunday. <laughs> and he extended the, the, the offer for me to design a helmet Sunday. So you and yeah. I, we're both going to be designing stuff for the fish sticks. That's until this is released though, that's top secret information. So uh, love it. But anyway, let's talk about the fish sticks, man. I know you were team uh, seal slinger. 
And, uh, I still am. <laughs> still Team Seal Slinger, and there's plenty of gear out there. Tell me why it was. What, what did you like about that Seal Slinger brand? You know, honestly, I think it was fun. I'll say this first, okay, because I love both their logos. I think they're, both their logos are great. Uh, Fish Sticks is great. You know, I'm, I support the team. Um, but there was just something about the seal slingers, you know, the, the whale and, and it's it just something I gravitated towards right away. Right. So, and then when, you know, when I had, um, the guys on, you know, they were telling me how, like, you know, I supposed to, when the fish sticks are supposed to look like, you know, Ken Griffey, I'm like, oh man, I can't hate the fish <laughs> sticks now. You know, it's just, I couldn't do it, yeah. but that's, you know, I was stuck. I, I I stuck to uh, seal slingers. My wife was fish sticks from the get go. My daughter was fish sticks. I was losing the battle here at home, anyways. <laughs> well, I you know, so I was with your daughter and with Darla there on that vote. Absolutely, that's uh... so was the, a lot of my friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting what Justin said that uh, that like the Facebook crowd was largely fish stick and mm-hmm. the Twitter crowd was l- largely uh, you know seal slingers. So you know right. I. I I definitely align myself with the Twitter crowd in that, in that, but uh, you know, as you know, I was team fish sticks. I loved the mm-hmm. Ken Griffey jr. The whole, like the literal, like killer whales throwing the seals in the air. <laughs> like those videos were just like so horrifying to me. I couldn't. Yeah. So I get it. And, and I get that, but like the whole marketing aspect of it, right. Which is smart from them on their part. Right. Cause you're, you know, with Jason with, um, Oh yeah with uh, Brandy Yost and what they did there, right? The, you know, the whole um, boxing match thing was, which is a genius, you know, because yeah. it, got, it got them to talk about, right? We were talking about a team, a collegiate woodbat team all the way up in the Northwest, you know, part of the country. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, they're the fourth biggest team in their city. And, you know, we're here we are talking about them. I'm in Colorado. You're in North Carolina, by the way. This is our first uh, face-to-face Zoom conversation since your move to North Carolina. So correct, you are in in baseball heaven, there, man. That's gonna that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Though we did just see on Twitter today that uh, I I learned I'll be traveling to Cleveland in April, and you're not in Cleveland anymore. So <laughs> as soon as I saw that tweet, I'm like, bruh, are you serious? <laughs> too funny uh so let's let's talk about this though you've actually been asked i mean you know when you've been on the podcast Mm -hmm. in the past you've talked about like the the hats that are available with different Mm -hmm. teams and whatnot but you actually get now to play a hand in creating you're you're getting to be like the go-to guy there with minor league baseball teams when they have questions about that hats this the the i almost said the seal slingers the fish sticks have come Mm -hmm. to you looking for literal design of their dad hat so what's First of all, how'd that happen? And then second of all, what's what's your process here? How are you creating this thing? You know, first of all, I'm super pumped and super excited, right? Because when I started the whole data chronicle movement, right? Um, I didn't think it was going to take off the way it did. It really, I didn't. I really didn't. It, it has really taken off in a, in a real way. Right. And when I had him, when I had Justin on my podcast, he extended the invitation, right? To say, um, you know, we want you to design the data because I had reached out to them and, Hey, listen, I love the brand. I love everything. I want to get a hat, but you guys don't have a dad hat, but I want to get something. You know, he, at first he thought it was like, Oh no, we do. And I'm like, all right, so let me go back. And he goes like, no, you don't have it. He was like, no, you're right. And he goes, so he started doing more research on dad hats. Yeah. And you're, that's how it all. You're educating people here. You're educating people on, <laughs> on just what a dad hat is. It's a, and I've said this a number of times, you know, I'm so glad that we found each other on Twitter. Right. But if you had been the flat brim chronicles, I wouldn't have followed you. <laughs> we wouldn't know each other if you had been the flat right. brim chronicles. <laughs> so, so that's how it went. That's how it started. And when yeah. he started, you know, when he asked me to design a dad head, I, I was like, I was on board. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. It's, it's what I do now. Right. So what, what can you tell us? Can you reveal anything in, the, in advance of their big unveiling as to, you know, what this thing's actually going to look like? You know, it's it's hard to I get some ideas on it, right? I want to make it very old school. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like the whole old school look to it. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to really put pinpoint a lot of the things that I'm going to do because we were working with 47 and they're not taking any anything right now. Yeah. So they're yeah. fully backed up. Yeah. You put something out for new era just to get something out. Right. And then we'll go and work with 47. Yeah. Couldn't do that either. No kidding. 
No, they're backed up as well. Wow. So they're looking at least 69 months um, of getting a, um, uh, uh, an order for new era. Wow. So, yeah. what, so is that what they're going to do? Are they just going to wait that six to nine months or are they going to, do we have a backup plan? So right now what we're doing, we're going to wait, right? Okay. We're, we're still working on designs and all that, but we're going to wait and see if we can get in with uh, 47. Okay. Okay. Cause that's, that's the main goal. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, you and I have said this enough on online, if you got to wait anyway, I mean, that's, you know, 47 is the brand we prefer here. So, um, yeah, exactly. Can you now, can you, can you reveal whether is there, is there also going to be a seal slingers dad hat or is this just strictly fish sticks? As, that of top right, secret? as of right now, I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. And so, <laughs> so I, so I've seen on Twitter that, that you have, you know, you got the t-shirt, uh, the mm -hmm. seal slingers t-shirt and I saw Darla had the fish sticks, uh, a t-shirt as well yeah. mm -hmm. so and that was adorable the picture that you, you know the two of you together in those t-shirts on twitter you know is this uh is 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 the existence of a dad hat gonna tip the balance of power in that house if if darla can't get a, a seal slingers oh it's gonna be it's, it's all fish sticks it's just that's how that is right now it's all fish sticks so i actually ordered a uh fitted seal slingers hat on that nope. head on, on national head day Whoa, that's crazy. I can't imagine what that's even going to look like. That's that'll be almost as shocking as when you posted a picture of you not wearing a hat at all. I was just like, this is <laughs> you're not nobody's used to seeing me without a hat. It's like that's what the top of your head looks like. Exactly. Oh man, no hat. Well, this is this is very exciting. I'm so looking forward to seeing your creation here, especially now. You know, listen, I'm willing to wait. If we've got the 47 brand fish sticks cap coming, I'm willing to wait. Justin has already said that I, I actually have to go to a game. He's not sending me a, a, a helmet Sunday. So I've got to get to a game in, in, in dub C in West Seattle to, uh, I think we should get. make it there. We should both go up there and watch it and go and embrace what it is, you know, is the fryer. Absolutely. You know? And, and then once we're there, I mean, you've got the Everett Aquasocks, you've got the Tacoma Rainiers, and we might as well go see our friend Eric the Peanut Guy out in uh, Pasco, Washington at a Tri-City Dust Devils game. Absolutely. Road tripping. See, we did it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Ed, this has been so much fun. I look forward to having you back on the podcast next time we talk. And I look forward to our weekly live discussions on Twitter on Wednesdays at 9 Eastern. Dad yep. Hat by Design is the sort of working title right now. And we have a it's good time. It's been a lot of fun. It's been it's a been lot of fun. Total blast. Come join us at nine o'clock Eastern every Wednesday. That was your idea, Ed. Appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, that, that's been a blast. And, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for coming on Baseball by Design. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. You can, of course, find Ed on Twitter at thedadhat216 and look for the Dad Hat Chronicles on all of your podcast downloading apps. See you next time. <laughs>